to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I got a nice letter this week. Let me read this letter to you. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I showed some videos on a Sunday night, I think it was, uh, about the ranch meeting that we had in Colorado. And, you know, going back about almost 40 years. And uh, as you know, we're on radio out there in Colorado and in Wyoming and in New Mexico and uh, Nebraska. And uh, I got this letter. It says, um, Dear Brother Arnold, I like when people call me brother. You don't sound as old. No. Oh. I have been listening to Bible Line for almost two months. Last week, Monday, I heard you speak on Bible Line for the first time. And wondering if you are the same Ralph Yankee Arnold that was the leader of the Rocky Mountain Youth Ranch many years ago. My son Randy and daughter Glenda Whitaker were a part of the ranch group. My son played the guitar. My daughter played the piano, and they both were singers. Under your teaching and preaching, they both came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I would appreciate a reply from you. So I'm going to write her back and say, no, I've never heard of them. <clears throat> but I showed their picture. They were on the screen, and they were on there. And uh, I'm going to take a copy of that picture and send it along with them. And uh, I thought that was neat. I had never met their mom. I met the kids. Kids came out to ranch. And trusted Christ as Savior, and I have no clue where they are, what they're doing, but this is uh, one way I can, yes, I can find out. And she is in uh, Lodgepole, Nebraska. So here we are reaching people on a radio message you may preach here, and, you know, there's people in other places that hear the message, and that's what makes it so wonderful. Such a, a great, great opportunity to reach people. So anyway, take your Bible and turn to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. We're finishing up today with the book of Philippians, and I'll hit and miss a little bit here and a little bit there. Never know where we're going to stop. But I do believe that it's uh, important to keep your mind straight. Um, uh, and I got a message that deals a little bit with that in growing in grace uh, in the church service this morning. But for right now, I want uh, you to understand that in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, uh, it starts off with, therefore. Now, therefore, my brethren, it's talking to believers, those who have already trusted Christ as their Savior. Uh, he's in prison, and you seem like, well, he's probably really down and disheartened. He's probably really having a bad moment in his life, and this, uh, he's just right down on the bottom. Uh, but he's the one that's encouraging 
And he's the one that's writing about rejoice in the Lord and all this. And when he makes a statement there, dearly beloved and long for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. When he says my joy and my crown, uh, just turn to your right just a couple pages to the book of 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2. And you'll notice there, it's on page 1268, an old Schofield reference Bible. And verse 19 says, uh, For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For ye are our glory and joy. When you get to heaven, the joy that you have when you get to heaven, and the crown of rejoicing is the people that are there because they heard the gospel through your lips. In other words, he says, you are my glory. You are my crown of rejoicing. And so when you go back here to Philippians in chapter 4, he says, my joy and my crown. You know, whenever you have won people to the Lord, your joy should be is that you want those people who trust the Lord to serve the Lord. You want them to walk with the Lord. After, you know, my wife and I, we celebrated 50 years of marriage. So that means, that, of course, we're going on 51. But as I look back over those years, I'm thankful for, yes, the ones that, you know, you've been able to get the trust Christ as Savior, but you also want people to serve the Lord. And the joy, I guess you could say, that um, Peter Amato has in working with ranch is, is that if you have somebody that trusts the Lord. And then he said, I think one of the adults that trust the Lord. So, but there's joy there. And don't tell me there isn't. He called me up and bugged me twice. Had to tell me. He said, I can't wait till tomorrow. He had to tell me then. So, but that's the purpose of it. It's not only what it does for the person you win, which means they get to go to heaven, they have eternal life, but also what it does for you. And this is why sometimes people, as they get older in the Lord, they begin to drag, like there's nothing more to do. And they're just, uh, you know, like they've been baptized in lemon juice. You know, that there's just nothing to bottom them. They're going to trip over their chin, yeah. And they become miserable Christians. Well, if you just keep winning souls, you keep your joy. You have something to live for. And not only the ones you lead to the Lord, but the ones that you challenge to serve the Lord. You see, to love one another means I want the best for you. I want the best for you. I want you to have fruit when you get to heaven. Uh, look there in verse 17. He said, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So I believe that every person should keep this in mind. Do you want fruit to abound to somebody else's account? Do you want them to be fruitful? You should say, yes then you don't want to do anything in your life that would hinder them from being effective for the Lord. You don't want to say or do anything that would lead them down the wrong path. You see, that's when you are concerned about becoming a stumbling block or not a stumbling block in the life of somebody else. So I want to give you some of the things that helps us to realize that the Lord in heaven deals with the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Now, that's mentioned in the book of Hebrews in chapter 4. But God is concerned about the thoughts, the intent, the motive. 
Why do you do what you do is as important as what you did. So there is the, the intent and there is the thought. Now he says, your, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. God is so much higher. But when you start studying the Bible, the Bible is God's mind on paper. So when you study the mind of God, you're putting the mind of God into your mind and you begin to think the way God thinks. So as you go down here and he talks about rejoice, again I say rejoice. See there in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord once in a while. Always. Always. And then he said, and again I say rejoice. And then he says not to worry about things. You'd be surprised how many of God's people worry about everything. Can't sleep at night because they're worried. Now, if you're all excited like, you know, Peter Amato and didn't sleep all night, that's, that's different. But he talks about be careful in verse 6, for nothing but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Not just make your request known, but it's to go along sandwich with something else. Being thankful for what he's already doing uh, before you start asking for a whole bunch more. Do you thank the Lord for that? He says, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And in verse 7, and the peace of God. Now we have peace with God when you trust Christ as your Savior. When you trust Christ as your Savior, there's peace made between you and Him. See, Jesus Christ went to the cross, paid for all the sins of the world, and when you accept that payment, it's put to your account, and the enmity between you and God all taken away. So you have been justified, just as if you never did it. So you have peace with God. I, I'm not at war with God. I am His child, born in His family. But in your Christian life, a lot of difference when you don't have the peace of God. So they say that a little faith will take and bring, you know, the soul to heaven. But great faith in the Lord can bring heaven to the soul. So after you trusted Christ as your Savior, you want the peace of God. The peace of God is a result. You don't go to the store and buy it. It's a result of you leaning on Him, trusting Him, committing things to Him. And that's why He says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding, means all human understanding, shall keep or guard your hearts and minds through Christ. In other words, it stabilizes the mind. Now a lot of people have runaway emotions. Runaway emotions is a dead giveaway of an undisciplined mind. So he says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove or discover what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here, I want to give you some things that um, I hope will help you. If you want to write some of these down, you can. But number one, the quality of life determines, is determined by the quality of your thoughts. In other words, your manner of life, whether it's you're filled with joy and happiness and you're getting the results of how you're thinking. All actions are a product of the way you think. So if you don't like life, or what's going on or not going on, it's because of how you're thinking. The Word of God has a lot to do with the way a man thinks. So if I can learn to think differently, I can live differently. So 
the quality of my life will be in direct ratio to the quality of my thoughts. So learn how to think differently. If you think about the things that makes you mad, you're going to get what? Mad. If you think about the things that make you bitter or hateful, well, it's because of what you're thinking about. You see, you're the one that controlled it. Well, she made me mad. No, she didn't make you mad. You chose to get mad. Nobody can just control you without your permission. You give your husband permission to upset you. You gave your wife permission to upset you. You gave your kids permission to upset you. And how do you like being controlled by other people when you have surrendered the control of your life? So you learn to commit things to the Lord and get the peace of God. But no, notice, it deals with the way that a person thinks. So here in chapter 4, look in verse 8. Finally, brethren. Now you know that we started off and it says, finally, brethren, in chapter 3. And then finally again. And now we're having another final. And then he goes on for another chapter or so. Well, usually when I say, and finally, as I'm teaching a lesson or a sermon, I, I would think I only had a, a, just a minute or so left before I'm through. Well, not with you, Paul. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So you ought to underline that. Think on these things. But remember, you can't really tell what's true and honest and just and pure and lovely unless you can discern. That's why you study the Word of God to learn discernment. So you'll know what's right and wrong according to God. It's not within man that walketh to direct his own steps. That's why you're not wise enough to guide yourself. That's why the Lord gave us His Word. we got a life to live. He says, now if you'll think the way I tell you to think, you can have the peace of God. And God can use you and there'll be so much difference in your life. The quality of your life. And a lot of people trusted Christ as Savior. They're going to heaven when they die, but they're miserable. They live their whole life that way. And they're always in a state of turmoil. It doesn't have to be that way. And when you're first learning how to walk with the Lord, you're falling all over the place and stumbling. All, but you get back up. And what you do as a good Christian, and you see somebody who falls, you go over to them, and you put your foot on the back of their head and push them down in the mud. No, no, not really. You're supposed to help them up. Why? Because your serving the Lord is going to be determined by what you do with this guy. And see, when you won't help your brother and do right by your brother, you're not serving God. Person said, well, I don't mind serving God. It's just people I can't stand. Well, it's kind of hard to serve the Lord without serving people. Because that's what this, the whole thing's about. So it's very, very important. Uh, learning how to think. Uh, number two, you write down, the goal in life is result of proper thinking. And Philippians in chapter 3 and verse 10 through 14 gives us three things in these verses. I, and I read them to you the other day, but let me read them to you uh, uh, real quickly again. In verse 10 says, that I may know him. Now we're not talking about in salvation. That's already covered in verse 9. 
this is talking about after you're saved that you may know the Lord in a better way. Talking about the abundant life, an, a, a life that abounds. Uh, this is why Paul had made the statement that I have uh, learned how to abound. See there in verse 18 of chapter 4, he said, But I have all and abound. I am full. <laughs> He's in prison. But he has more than what meets the eye. It's not the abundance of things that you possess. It's the way you've learned how to think and how that you can commit things to the Lord. And so he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. This is verse 10 of chapter 3. And if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So there's three things that I want you to see there. One is to seek the power of God in your life after you're saved. Did you know that it takes a lot of power from God to love one another? It takes a lot of power of God in your life to forgive one another. A lot of power of God in your life to witness to one another. See, that's, it becomes a difficult thing, and you need the power of God. Well, when somebody says, I want the power of God in my life, well, what would you do? You mean you want to walk on water. And who does that benefit? It makes you look good, don't it? Hey, I can walk on water. I mean, to raise somebody from the dead. Go in the hospital and get everybody out of the bed. But see, the power that God wants you to have in your life is the power of influence that you can have in the lives of others. And see, the greater the power of influence that you have in other people's lives, the more people you can affect because they'll believe you. And you can lose that power of influence just like that. And you can build a platform, for example, as a preacher, for 50 years. And I can lose it in 15 minutes. And my platform be totally gone. But because I care about people, I don't want to be a stumbling block to them. I feel like if, if I fall and stop serving the Lord, I could affect a lot of people. You see, the higher you go on the ladder, and then the fall, the bigger the fall. Well, the bigger the fall, the bigger the splash. The bigger the splash, the bigger the ripple. The bigger the ripple, the more it affects. So that's why you want God to raise you up. Why? Do you want to affect a lot of people? And if it's not because you want to be used by God to affect other people's lives, or just for people just to look up at you and say, Oh, isn't he or she wonderful? Pride cometh before a fall. Well, y'all know that well. Y'all knew that real good. But there is nothing wrong. If you humble yourself before the Lord, he says he will exalt you. And if you exalt yourself, he said he can humble you. So which one do you want? You want the Lord to exalt you, or do you want to try to do it yourself? Now, in the book of Philippians, these three things is to seek the power of God in your life. And two, the purpose. In other words, I want to apprehend that for which God has apprehended me. Like a policeman who apprehends a crook. I gotcha. I want the Lord to help me accomplish what he apprehended me for. 
And I can't say, like Paul said, I have yet completed the job. But I'm striving toward it. And I don't want anything to sidetrack me from the purpose that God has for my life. And so, I'm reaching forth for that prize. And you say, well, that prize, what is it? Well, the joy of the Lord? The prize is the crown of glory? Well, if it is, then, then the prize must be the people that we reach. It must be the people that we influence. How are you influencing people lately? Do you walk around with a mean, bad attitude? A hateful, depressed, down, because your God has died? The Lord talks about Christ is our living hope. If He is my living hope, then my hope should be alive. But when you get to the place in your life when you say, it's like, I don't have any hope. Are you saying because my living hope, who is Christ, Christ has died? As long as he is alive, I can have hope and I should never give up. Keep trusting the Lord as you go through life. But whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. And God will bless you because of it. Then number three is to plan for success. Look in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21. Philippians 1.21, he says, For me to live is football. For me to live is the Rays. The Gators. <laughs> oh, boy, didn't we open up a can of worms here. For me to live is boys. For me to live is girls. For me to live is money. Fame, power. What is the purpose of your life? Remember I told God these two things. Prayer is to be focused upon the purpose of life, is the goal in life. Settle that. What is the purpose of my life? And then, points in time. In other words, when I know my ultimate goal in serving the Lord, whatever He wants for me, then I make all my little bitty decisions as it relates to where I'm headed. But when you don't know where you're headed, any road will do, any decision will do. But when I've got certain things in my mind and I've got a goal for my life, I used to like to watch Paladin. Have gun, will travel. Have goal, will travel. I should always think about that. It was going to make me a little card up that had a little Paladin thing on it. I didn't do it though. But for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. You put anything else in that verse, it'll be a loss. And that's how a lot of people lose their life. He said, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. But if you go any other way, he says, then you'll lose your life. You'll lose your purpose in living. So we've got to keep that straight. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12, because the fourth thing I want you to write down, is to seek open doors. Now, remember in the book of... Uh, Corinthians in chapter 16, he says, God has opened us a door, a door of opportunity. And in verse 12 in chapter 1, remember, if God has the freedom to use you the way he wants, then the Lord's going to open up doors that he may only want you to go through and nobody else. See, you don't just 
open and go through the doors that everybody else goes through. God has something special for you. There's opportunities for you. You are specially designed by God, put in a certain place because of how God wants to use you. And so in verse 12, he makes a statement, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the, and you ought to underline this, furtherance of the gospel. In other words, it gave Paul opportunities that he would not have had any other way. So there's things that God's going to do for you. Does he have the freedom to open doors and close doors in your life? Now, we just come to the book of uh, Revelation chapter 3, last Wednesday night, going through the churches, the church at Philadelphia. He has the keys of death and of hell and the keys of David. And he can open a door and no man can shut it. And he can shut a door and no man can open. And you don't want to find yourself with a crowbar and a sledgehammer trying to open doors God's closed. If it's an open door, God will let you know and you can see and it'll, it'll, it'll be easy. But there's going to be adversaries. There will always be problems. But trust the Lord and Realize that things will happen in your life for the furtherance of the gospel. God works behind the scenes. You and I are supposed to believe in the providence of God. The next thing, uh, number five, fear not, be at peace. Fear not and be at peace. You see, you don't have to be afraid if you can un honestly believe that there's these two things. One... Do you believe God really loves you? And do you really love Him? Now, if it's yes to both of those, you have no reason to fear. But when you do not believe that He really loves you, you'll be afraid. And if you're not convinced that you really love Him, you'll be afraid. You see, the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. And fear produces torment. And a lot of God's children are torturing themselves to death. Now, we hear a lot in the news about, you know, the, the terrorist. Now, what do the terrorists do? They terrorize. They try to get people to live in fear. They want you to know they're serious. They'll cut off your head. I've actually seen the video of them taking a guy and literally with a knife and cutting off his head while he's alive. Nauseating. But I watched it. And you'll think twice before you just say something about them because, you know, they mean business. They'll cut off your head. That's why I hold back so much. But I'm not afraid to die. So that can't terrorize me. The lack of help doesn't terrorize me. The lack of finances doesn't terrorize me. Why? Because, see, I know He loves me. And I know I love Him. And that love casts out the fear. Now, as you live your Christian life and you've got all kinds of problems and you begin to question and doubt, 
well, you know, if God really loved me, he wouldn't have let this happen. Or maybe I'm not worthy to ask God for anything. I messed up so bad. And then you have your pity party. I stopped having pity parties a long time ago. Nobody would come. And so if you understand, how is your love between you and him? Because if you love him and he loves you, and he can fence you in, protect you, provide, what can't God do for me? Why, why would I worry then? I don't have to. Would take my place. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.